The Mood and Food podcast is sponsored by Igenis Healthcare Nutrition in Cambridge, UK. Igenis have kindly agreed to offer listeners to the podcast a special 20% discount on their complete range of high-quality supplements for your mental and physical health. Just add the code ADVITALITY, A-D-D-V-I-T-A-L-I-T-Y in capitals at checkout and your order will be discounted by 20%. And the website at igenus.com contains some great articles and health information too. That's I-G-E-N-N-U-S dot com. Hi, this is Andrew Bridgewater, Chartered Psychologist. What follows is a short talk that I recently gave as guest speaker at my annual school reunion in Stratford-upon-Avon. This also happens to be Shakespeare's old school, and I gave the talk in the very same room where Shakespeare learned to write nearly 500 years ago. In the talk, I shared my personal story of recovery from severe depression as a result of a prolonged period of work-related stress in 2006. I hope you find it interesting and helpful. It is wonderful to be able to, uh, to meet up and speak to you in this very special place this evening. It just um, reminds me how totally remarkable the human brain is. It works 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it only stops when you're taking an exam. So b- being in this room has brought all of that back to me because, like many of you, I did my O&A levels here, and I've got those self-same feelings that I had at that time when I was sitting at those desks. So... For a few minutes this evening, and I will keep you just a few minutes, I'm going to share some personal insights about dealing with stress and creating mental well-being. But before I do, I want to share a few words from our famous old Edwardian who couldn't be here in person this evening, but I'm sure he's with us in spirit. Why then, tis none to you, for there is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. To me it is a prison. Well, then it isn't one to you, since nothing is really good or bad in itself. It's all what a person thinks of it. Hamlet, Act 2, Scene 2. So Hamlet was a prisoner of his own thinking. And Shakespeare clearly knew a thing or two about how to deal with stress and create mental well-being. So prompted by the words of our old fellow William... I'd like to pose a question to you. Do you realise that none of your thinking is real? Do you realise that none of your thinking is real? So just before everybody came in, I placed post-it slips like this under four random chairs in the room. And if there's a post-it slip under your chair, I'm going to ask you to come up and share a few humorous lines about your most memorable moments at the school. So just have a look. (laughs) Okay, you can settle down. I'm pulling your leg. Not really. However, I just wanted you to see and experience for a few seconds that your thoughts create your moment-to-moment experience of life. So when I, di- when I did this, you might have been feeling a-, a variety of emotions and feelings from slight unease through to absolute terror to mild excitement. Um, so did anyone's heart start beating a little bit faster a few minutes ago? 
Was anyone thinking, what a cheek, he's just outsourced his speech? <laughs> or perhaps you thought of a school anecdote or funny story that you were excited to be able to share with us. Many of you have just had thoughts about something that wasn't ever going to happen. But for a short time, you might have experienced feelings as if those thoughts were real. So the only reason for your particular reaction was your personal thinking. Indeed, I'd go so far as to say that we can't experience life other than via our thoughts. Shakespeare's playwriting shows us that he understood this fundamental truth about life. Yet do we? Each of us probably had a slightly different reaction to that same situation. That's what I mean about not being able to experience life other than via your thoughts. When I said no, not really, your thinking probably changed at that moment and so did your experience at that moment. So we're all creating our own version of reality. Yes, we're all making it up moment to moment. In other words, we're always feeling our thinking and not our circumstances. This is huge. And the only times we suffer are when we believe our feelings are coming from something other than our thinking in the moment. Shakespeare's Hamlet clearly knew this. So why wasn't it on the syllabus in one of those exams that many of us took in this very room? Personally, I wish it had been because it would have saved me and those close to me a great deal of pain. So I'm going to share some of my personal story. Now, it's not a sob story, but it was very painful at the time. I can stand here and share it now because I'm much stronger through the experience. You see, 11 years ago, I spent five weeks in St. Michael's Psychiatric Hospital in Warwick with psychotic depression. And if you're wondering what the psychotic bit is, it's a severe form of the condition where the sufferer loses contact with reality. So you imagine all sorts of sounds, sights, tastes and smells that just aren't real. Very scary. And the only way I can describe it is like a living nightmare. So like Hamlet, I was depressed and I became a prisoner of my own thinking. And in my case, literally behind bars in a psychiatric hospital. I can be light-hearted about it now, and I can talk about it open, openly and frankly, but it was the lowest point in my life, and it's taken 10 years to be able to share, and this is actually the first time I've shared it publicly. The process by which I got there was really quite simple, with the benefit of hindsight. I repeated a series of negative and very self-critical thoughts over and over for several months, because in 2005, November 2005, I bought an investment property in Cyprus. And the local property market crashed spectacularly within about three months. So that immediately created negative equity and a mortgage I couldn't afford. But the situation got much worse when the Cyprus pound went into the euro at a very strong rate and the monthly mortgage payments doubled. Anyway, all sounds a bit ridiculous to me now, quite frankly, standing here, because I suffered because I believed my experience was coming from those circumstances, from a situation or things that were beyond my control, but it was my thinking about it that was causing the suffering. So I was on antidepressants with unpleasant side effects for about 18 months after I came out of hospital. So I'm not a big fan of antidepressants, but I believe that sometimes they have a valuable role to play just to get people back on their feet. There are much more effective ways of dealing with chronic stress, depression and anxiety. I'm going to share some of those a little bit. So fish oil and evening primrose oil, for, explain, for example. Um, there's a book called The Natural Way to Beat Depression. There's a copy of it over there. Really, really insightful, interesting. And it actually is not just about depression. It's about brain health. 
And actually, none of us realise just how close we are to challenges sometimes, and we can do a lot more to look after ourselves. So I then made it my life's mission, having crashed and burned spectacularly in 2006, to research and find out everything I could find to stave off another visit from the black dog, as Winston Churchill called it. It felt as if I could write a book, and in fact I did. And here's, here's the book. It's called Fit for Business, How to Deal with Stress and Create a Healthy Work-Life Balance, because I've been there, done it, got the T-shirt, had all the first-hand experience. So here are my tips for dealing with stress. And those tips have come from the coalface. They're not just imagined, made up, idealistic. So make sure that you're properly hydrated throughout the day. Two to three litres of water, so everybody will be reaching for the water jugs right now. You know this stuff. It's easy to do, but it's also easy not to do. And other drinks, drinks don't count towards that. So we really can immunise ourselves from the effects of stress by proper hydration. Each of the trillions of cells in your body needs basic electro energy in order to function properly and metabolise food. So you really do need to be drinking a sensible amount of water. Now, if you add this stuff to your water, this is dried wheatgrass. It's about £8.99 from Amazon, the Holland Barrett. You'll actually increase your energy levels substantially. It's fantastic stuff. But it's also detoxing, so you've got to work at it gradually. You've got to introduce it very slowly and carefully. I'd recommend plenty of oily fish uh, and a healthy diet. Get some meditation, get some daily exercise, be grateful and develop a strong sense of positive self-regard. That's psychologists speak for self-love, basically. Because if you don't love yourself, how can you love anybody else? You can't give what you don't have. 